I'm Pete Seligman. Welcome to Season 3 of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, the Australian ETA and Search Fund community is looking forward to its first big event for the region. The ETA Forum will be held at the Manly Pacific Hotel on Manly Beach in Sydney on Friday the 16th of September. In the lead up to the event, I'll be interviewing the speakers and moderators to give you some insight into the experience, capability and knowledge that will be on offer when we all come together for the first time. Please stay tuned as we count down the days and be sure to yell out if you have any questions or comments to offer so we can make the ETA Forum a great event for all involved. Now let's jump into this episode of The Next Step. We're starting to do some of this work right now that we'll then present at the conference. And I'm viewing it as just sort of building a foundation upon which we can continue to build over the coming years and maybe use as a framework for other markets as well. You know, when we start to make predictions about the future of ETA and search funds around the world, that sounds maybe a little loftier than it really is, but you know, just putting some frameworks around the conversation, I think might be helpful. In this episode, I speak to Jake Nicholson from SME Ventures. I won't go into his backstory because this will be the third episode I've had with Jake over the last couple of years. So I'll put some link in the show notes so you can hear a bit more about Jake from those other episodes if you wish. But in this episode, I'm focusing on some work that Jake's doing in the lead up to the ETA forum in September this year. He's gonna be leading a session that looks into some market research regarding the search and ETA market in Australia and New Zealand. And what are the fundamentals of that market? And we talk through three main pillars which is the deal flow, the business available for acquisition, the talent, meaning the entrepreneurs that might be out there that could be interested in becoming a searcher, and then the capital, both debt and equity, and the availability of that capital to support the necessary transactions. And so Jake's been through a fair amount in his experience in looking at a variety of markets and can compare and contrast those markets to the Australian markets through this process. So it's an interesting conversation, gives you some insight into the experience that Jake will be bringing on the day to the session that he'll be delivering, but also starts to talk through what you might expect if you are to come along to the ETA forum in September, which I hope you do. Link to the tickets will also be in the show notes, so please make sure you get in, grab a ticket, and we'll see you in September. I hope you enjoy the episode. Morning, Jake. Thanks very much for coming on this episode of The Next Step. You will be one of the early episodes in this season as we lead up to the ETA Forum, which is coming up in September. And as I've said in prior episodes, the purpose of this season really is to give people some insight into what we're looking to achieve in the forum and the kinds of things we're going to be discussing and also the people that will be involved in bringing that content to the day in September. So thanks very much for your time this morning. What we're going to start with, because this is actually the third time you've been on the podcast with me, I'm not going to go back through your bio and your background. I'll put some links in the show notes so people can go back to prior episodes and learn a bit more about that. And also I'll put a link to your podcast and things so that people can learn a bit more about you if they don't already know. But what I wanted to kick off with is... To kind of step back in time a bit, there was a period of time a couple of years ago when you were going through a pivot or a change where you were looking to start a new business, which is the business that you currently run, and you were trying to assess the markets that you could potentially take that business model to, and you ended up with Australia. And so I was wondering if you could just take us through that thought process and essentially if you're going to bring a search fund-based business model to a new market, why did you choose Australia and how did you get to that point? Yeah, so it's a good question. I'm sitting in Singapore, so it's not immediately obvious why SME Ventures uh, focuses 
on Australia, and I'm happy to sort of walk through that story. Uh, so I, I moved out here in 2017. Um, uh, took took a job uh, leading APAC for for an ed tech company, and then uh, started volunteering as as an entrepreneur in residence at at INSEAD. And the objective of both of those um, projects was to just understand this hemisphere, um, and you know, get my foot in and and figure out what the landscape looked like and where the opportunities lay. Um, and I had an inkling that there would be something to do, some opportunity to bring search funds to this side of the world. Uh, but I didn't quite know what form that would take in 2017. Uh, then we fast forward to 2019 and I had, um, I had floated the idea to people in different countries. And this is often how I uh, approach new business ideas is I um, sort of take a shotgun approach and, um, you know, throw up, cast a lot of lines out and see, see what I catch and, and you know, sort of see what comes back. Um, and then, so I had talked to both potential investors and attorneys and um, entrepreneurs in uh, the Philippines, Singapore, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, Korea, Taiwan, um, uh, Japan was starting to see a little bit of traction uh, at that time, and then uh, and then Australia and New Zealand, and um, and I had had this framework in mind where I, I I would need to to open a new market for search funds. I would need talent, uh, capital, and deal flow uh, to all line up. Um, and I saw bits and pieces of each of those in in all the markets that I that I explored, um, but the answers to my questions were the clearest in Australia. Um, and I chose Australia. I think in the end, well, obviously, English speaking developed big enough market. Um, so a lot of my learnings from the U.S. over the past decade um, are. I at least assumed at the time were pretty directly transferable. Um, that's largely turned out to be true, but certainly some some new learnings as well. Um, capital was there and willing to talk, even if it would take me a while to actually get checks written. Um, and it was fairly it was the capital was a bit more sophisticated uh, uh, than than in some other markets. Um, the deal flow wise, the demographic story was very clear and I can dive into any of these if you want, Pete. Mm. Um, and then talent, uh, you know, even though I found some interesting people in, in different countries that the first few people that I thought might be a really good fit for a search fund happened to be in Australia. Mm. Um, and I plan to operate things, uh, virtually anyway, at, at least for a while. So, um, uh, that, that wasn't an, an impediment, um, uh, but, uh, it, it, when it, when, with that framework of capital deal flow and, and talent, um, the answer came clearest, quickest, uh, from Australia. Yeah. And, and in, with those three, I really like that structure of those three components, because I think it's a really good way of kind of assessing what the opportunity looks like. What, yeah. what were some other markets that might've come second if it wasn't Australia or New Zealand, if it was some of those other markets you touched on, what 
which ones might have come second and which of those three key components do you think that they had the most strength in? Mm. So I'm in Singapore. Uh, and so naturally a lot of leads and possibilities have come and do come my way in Singapore and Southeast Asia. Um, and there's a lot of promise here, a lot of energy here, um, a lot of appetite uh, here. Um, there are some challenges as well, uh, not the least of which is just the size of the market. Um, and that poses challenges both on the deal sourcing front uh, and then post acquisition when you go to scale. Um, and I think that my, my hypothesis is this, is this is a reason why we don't have even more um, successful startup companies in Singapore is because all, all, very quickly in the, the, the business journey, you, all, you have to go international. Yeah. Uh, to scale. And that introduces quite a bit of complexity um, to, to all aspects of the deal on the capital side, operations side, marketing, everything. So um, um, when it comes to Singapore with those three components, it'd be mainly the business side of the equation that would be falling short as opposed to the capital or the talent. There's probably plenty of talent um, just having the market opportunity from a business point of view. There's certainly sufficient capital. I think the capital, I think the investor landscape is still learning uh, how to invest in alternative asset classes. It's it's a bit more conservative, um, and you know, family driven, uh, and and so I, I think the the battle is is a, is a little bit more uphill uh, in in Singapore than than maybe in Australia, and on the talent side, um, you know, as is common with uh, with East Asian cultures, uh, there's a bit more conservatism when it comes to um, taking risk uh, in your career um, and not going for the big brand companies. Uh, there's there's a, there are a lot of family expectations that come with that um, and cultural expectations and and not not to say there's certainly great entrepreneurs in Singapore. Um, you need great entrepreneurs who want to buy and run a small business, mm. um, which I think is a pretty unique set. And that's and that's a really interesting point because I would have thought I would have put Japan as a market in the category of conservative career paths. You know, absolutely big corporate names, um, you know, traditional conservative long-term career path, all that but but Japan has the the other dynamic where it's got a significant kind of succession issue with an aging population. And frankly, a whole bunch of capital now injected into it that's backing search. How, what have you seen? I know you're not spending a lot of time focusing on Japan necessarily, but what are you seeing in relation to the talent in Japan actually deciding to take that leap? Yeah, no, it's it's a really good question. So uh, as you know, my wife is Japanese and I said we're, we're going to be in Japan this summer. Um, so it's a it's a country I have a lot of affinity for, um, and uh, that where where I see a lot of opportunity, especially in ETA and search, and and um, you know case in point, you have you have some that Japan is probably the only place in Asia Pacific that's ahead of Australia in terms of uh, search fund and ETA act activity, um, and it has two things going for it. One is just size; uh, it, it's just a, a much bigger market than uh, than a lot of others. Uh, and, um, and then you have that very, very pronounced 
demographic issue, the aging population, the urbanizing population. Um, so a lot of a lot of gap to be filled there. Now on the talent side, um, Pete, I'm going to have to answer that question in, in a month or two. I'm about to have a, you know, a, a number of meetings uh, over the next month or two uh, where I'm exploring that a little bit. I, I've poked around a little bit and, and um, clearly the likes of uh, uh, JASFA and Search Fund Japan are, are finding talent willing to step in and run um, small businesses. Though I will say that the urbanizing, that the, the urban appeal um, the search fund ecosystem hasn't escaped the urban appeal, uh, as far as I can tell, in in Japan either. Um, a bunch of searchers, well, some searchers that um, that I've spoken to, are still only willing to uh, buy and run a company within a train ride of Tokyo. Yeah. Um, so that still leaves a lot of Japan untapped. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, I mean, it's it's interesting because there is definitely plenty of capital in behind the model over there, um, you know, with recent announcements yeah. from institutional kind of participants. But um, so, I mean, potentially then Japan is is kind of that that one that's going to be really taking off over the next couple of years. Um, yeah. And so if you, I mean, it, it's interesting to talk, the reason why I kind of went down those other rabbit holes of other markets to, to then bring them <laughs> back to Australia, right? So if we mm. think about what are the things that are the pros and cons of other markets in relation to the dynamic, one of the things that we really want to spend some time talking about at the forum in September and one of the sessions that you'll be helping with will be kind of putting together some um, a picture of the characteristics of what does the Australian market look like from a fundamental point of view at the moment in relation to search fund activity. And, and as we've discussed, it, it's not necessarily going to be that kind of Stanford-esque um, kind of review of search fund activity itself because I don't think we're yet kind of mature and we don't have enough data in that. We don't have enough searches that have been through the process. But I think a really interesting point, not least of which to bring more um, talent to market, more capital to market, um, and also bring more businesses to market is to understand kind of what are the fundamental characteristics of this market that make it strong. Um, and so when you look at the Australian market at the moment, um, and you measure it on those three legs that you were talking about. Um, what's your perspective at the moment on those three legs in Australia when it comes to search fund um, and it as a environment that's that's appropriate for search fund activity? Yeah, so we're we're starting to do some of this work right now that we'll then present at the conference, and I'm viewing it as just sort of building a foundation upon which we can continue to build over the coming years, and maybe use as a framework for other markets as well. You know, when we start to make predictions about the future of ETA and search funds around the world, that sounds maybe a little loftier than it really is, but you know, just putting some frameworks around the conversation, I think, might be helpful, and I I think it will rest on those three pillars. The 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 capital the deal flow and the talent um, and I had some hypotheses hypotheses as I mentioned coming into Australia and anecdotally they've uh, they seem to be be playing out um, largely true uh, but we're we're going to try to complement those anecdotal observations with um, with a bit of research and and data and maybe some some interviews with uh, with players in the ecosystem. Um, on the capital side, we'll have a look at both equity and, and debt. Um, uh, and I, th I should say that what I'm planning to do, what we're planning to do is whenever possible, 
compare things to the U.S. Um, because the the U.S. is where the search fund model grew up, uh, where it was born, and where it grew up, and where it's um, been proven. Uh, Australia, we we like to think we're proving it, but you know we we are probably some years away before we can say that. Yep, it definitely works. Um, and so what we're aiming to do here is um, makes a comparison so we can try to identify some early indicators of uh, of of where success and failure might um, uh, might might appear. Um, so on the capital side, look at equity and debt. We look at you know uh, levels and maturity of um, PE and even VC activity, family office activity. Uh, we'll look at the, the bank landscape, maybe to the extent possible, the, the private lender landscape and, and talk to um, a couple of people we know in that ecosystem about uh, willingness to lend these kinds of deals and uh, what price and terms look like. Um, on the, on the uh, deal flow side, we'll be doing uh, mostly a, a top-down analysis uh, of, of demographics, uh, both of population and of companies, um, uh, you know, sector analysis, size analysis, age analysis, um, uh, because we know that a lot of uh, search, fund, search fund deal flow comes from particular profiles of business and of seller. Um, and then on the talent side, that's gonna be a harder one, uh, I think, to assess. Um, I, I think the talent pool and the growth of, of the talent pool is going to look quite different from the U.S., but, um, but with, with limited uh, points of, of comparison, um, I, I think we'll, st- we'll look at things like, uh, like education and startup activity. Um, I, I hope to be able to find if anyone, uh, has sources they can share with me, I would, I would, uh. I would um, be, be grateful. I hope to find data on sort of uh, mobility uh, between cities uh, among the young younger population or the 30s, 30 something population in, in Australia. Um, I've, I've seen that anecdotally, anecdotally, anecdotally to be um, a source of you know, quite, a, quite a different mentality than, than I found in the US. Um, and, then, and then I think as almost an afterthought that that uh, deserves further digging in the future. Uh, we want to look at things like, um, like the legal framework and the regulatory framework, framework and um, uh, opportunities from uh, opportunities and risks from a from an investor point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think, as you said, given that this is probably really the first time that, as a group, we've had a good crack at this, right? Like. Yeah. creating at least some some framework and some foundation will be really valuable. Um, it's interesting those three points. I mean on, on the on the the funding side of the equation, um, uh, my gut tells me that from an investment perspective, um, we're doing relatively well. like definitely now compared to you know a search of raising funds today versus two years ago would have much more success domestically than they would in having to go offshore for those fund raising. Um, which I think is a great demonstration of what we've done to encourage more equity investment domestically. I think there's still work to do, but I think that's strong. Um, I definitely think, though, from a banking and, and a debt perspective, there's a long way to go there. Um, you know, these search fund deals do sit in that gap um, between like larger kind of private equity backed 
um, non-recourse kind of lending um, and the much smaller kind of property-backed recourse lending that, yeah. that some of these lenders are willing to do. And so, you know, that that takes some time. And, and, and I like your idea of the compare and contrast to the US because using banking as an example, we've got a very different banking market here to what we have in the US on, on a number of fronts, right? So trying to understand how that different dynamic is going to impact the availability of debt capital um, yeah. in these deals is really interesting. Um, I think... Um, and, I, and I will say that, um, you know, there will be there will be elements where uh, in this analysis, Australia looks great and there will be elements where maybe there are some questions. Um, mm. And... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm fully committed to the market, and SME Ventures is fully committed. Uh, and uh, you know, honestly, we don't need a thousand successes a year for this to be um, a successful ecosystem. Uh, but you know, I think it's helpful to be aware of um, some of the potential challenges that need to be overcome as well. Absolutely. Well, t- two that come to mind for me: one one on the banking side, the other one on the talent side. Um, so on the banking side, we, we've just discussed that. On the talent side, I'd say that in the US, a, a big difference would be that all of the major universities heavily promote this as a career path, whereas in Australia, it's almost non-existent in the university sector for the MBA and the, and the business programs to have this as even a topic area. There are a couple of where they might have a lecture here and there, um, but to actually have it a, as a as a recognised career path post-graduation um, is something that it just doesn't exist at the moment. But on those two fronts, you're right, they would come out as w- relative weaknesses, but they're both things that we can work on. Do you know what I mean? We can Absolutely. Yeah. to get more active. We can get the banks um, to think differently about how they lend. Um, and that's how then we continue to grow that market over the next few years. Yeah, and I think that's right. I, I think there are, uh, even in that bucket of weaknesses, there are a couple of sub-buckets. There are those that that we can work to improve, to, to address. And there, there are those like market size that, you know, we just have to take into consideration when yeah. um, sourcing and doing deals. Yeah. Uh, and, and that might influence the kinds of deals we do. Um, but, uh, but certainly on the, on the talent front, on the debt front, on the equity front, I, I, I to your point, we're, we're doing pretty well on the supply of equity capital um, at the moment. Uh, and, Talent is is probably holding the ecosystem from from growing faster than it than it is, but um, you had an inkling of this maybe six months ago when we talked, uh, and I've more recently come to the realization that perhaps in another year that might flip. Um, we might have more aspiring searchers than than there is capital available to back them, mm. um, and uh, so we have to start putting plans in place to address that as well. Yeah, and, and that's why I think this framework that you're talking about is so useful because effectively you could measure it as a barometer so that you can see when things are starting to catch up. You know, if one leg's starting to catch up with another, we know that we can start working on the other. Um, and, and I think that's really useful to create a sustainable market to know when we're going to cap out because one that I, I'm still really interested to see when we start to hit the limits of is the deal flow opportunity because... Mm. You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm sitting in kind of behind a, a handful of searches at the moment, and I still don't think I've seen them run into each other. You know, I haven't I haven't seen one of them come to me and say, 
oh, I found this great business and me turn around and say, oh, no, I've already heard about it from this other city. Like, I no, had and, that, and that is one of the strengths, right, of Australia relative to the US. That that happens pretty regularly these days in, in the US. Searchers are running into each other on deals and it's getting a little bit more saturated. Um, you know, when Ryan and Steve are reaching out to business owners, it's, it's, it's pretty common uh, that they say, oh, uh, I, I've actually never considered selling my business before. I've never talked to anyone about selling my business before. Um, And so, you know, that, that provides uh, quite a bit of opportunity for the buyer. Mm -hmm. No, fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, I think in, in the lead up to the event, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that, that research progresses. Um, And as you say, there's a, there's a bunch of different avenues to, to potentially head down. Um, and I think the other thing that will be really powerful on the day when, when actually, you know, having this session and talking through the outcomes is that we'll have a whole bunch of people in the room that have a whole range of different perspectives. And so mm. even using it as that feedback loop and kind of gathering that and then using that to progress um, into more research into the future, I think will be really useful. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that, uh, the challenges and questions and opportunities to fill in the gaps. Um, this is just a starting point. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time today, Jake. It's it's great to catch up with you and, and get some insight into, into the plans for that particular part of the day in the forum. And, you know, looking forward to seeing you there and hoping that we can get a really engaged kind of session during that particular part of the topic. Thanks, Pete. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Step. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're joining us at the 2022 ETA Forum in Manly, I look forward to seeing you there. If you haven't already bought a ticket and this episode lit the spark, please head to etaforum.com.au to book your place and we'll see you in September.